Father, we thank you for your word. Oh, your word, that is power and might and grace. Speak to our hearts words of life. Encourage us, Lord God. Today, oh God, my Lord, to sit right before you like Mary. And soak up your word and don't let us just be hearers. Motivate our wills. Give us the passion to put these truths into practice. That we will be blessed by you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. God bless you. So, hey, welcome back. Welcome back to the series that we've been uh, working on. It's been about six weeks now. Uh, we keep going forth. Uh, we'll go about ten weeks or, or more. Uh, and what we've been doing is we've been studying, studying life principles from a little book uh, in the Bible called the book of James. Uh, a small book of about five chapters, and yet it is a chock full of, of practical principles written by uh, the half-brother of Jesus, inspired by the Holy Spirit. It says the word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So uh, we give God the glory because we know the wisdom is not from man. And here is something that you ought to know about James. You see, James, who was the half-brother of Jesus, he was a skeptic. He wasn't from the beginning a believer. Not until after Jesus had resurrected himself uh, from death. Uh, and uh, he became a believer. And after that, James became a committed believer and became the leader of the first church in Jerusalem. Um, now, the reason God inspired him to write uh, this book is that the, the, the early church, first century church in Jerusalem, uh, were being persecuted severely by the Roman Empire, right? They were under the control, uh, under the imperialistic regime of the Roman Empire. Uh, and, uh, you know, they made a rule that all Christians should leave. Leave. And so they were scattered. Um, uh, they were unable to meet publicly for worship, to be able to study the word of God. And so it is under these circumstances, in this time of, of, of danger, in this time of intense stress, where they even couldn't come together to encourage one another to pray together as a, as a body of Christ and to receive God's word that God inspired James to write this amazing practical book. So we come to chapter 3, and in chapter 3, James has been focusing on how we can relate wisely with one another by becoming a peacemaker so that we can receive what God calls a harvest of goodness, receive a blessing. We live in chaotic times, right? I mean, don't you agree with that? What happened in first century is still ongoing in our time. We desperately need a message of peace and unity. This is a time of great chaos, a time of uh, fighting, conflict, injustice, literally going on in every part of the world. In every country, every continent, there is what? There is tension, there is conflict, there is war, there is strife, there is hostility going on. Happening at the family level, going to the city and nation level, all the way up to continents. This is a very, 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 very tense time. And all you got to do is turn on your news. And, and, and in the nation that we live in, it has, I think, even gone up to a, a climax. People are being innocently murdered because of their race. You remember a few years ago, a black church in Atlanta where they were having a Bible study, a small group of people who got together on an evening to study the Bible. Somebody walked right in, they walked in and pulled the gun and shot to kill people because of their race. You remember a Jewish synagogue shooting in, in Pittsburgh 
Lately, remember, a guy who was looking around for black people found that in Brooklyn, there's a bunch of black people who will be shopping at a grocery store, went in and shot a bunch of people. Oh, lately, you remember someone going to a Mexican community. Uh, Uvalde Elementary School shooting elementary school kids. Why? There's a lot of rage, conflict, infighting, wickedness in the heart of people. Just last week, 4th of July celebration, while people were celebrating, enjoying Independence Day, here's a guy going into Highland Park in Illinois, doing what? Shooting innocent people. Not to mention, not to mention the shooting of black people that has gone on in our country. All over the world in our season, there's tension, there's infighting, there's conflict, there's injustice, there's chaos going on. So what's the way out of this chaos? You see, what happened in first century, first century Jerusalem, where these, these first Christians were being butchered, were being destroyed, were being murdered, were going through a lot of situations, it's still happening in our land, in our age. So you ask, what's the way out of chaos? What's the way out of confusion, conflict? What's the way out of the mess that we are in right now? Well, the answer is always in the book of life, the manual that God has given us, the Bible. We need to turn to God, and there we find his word for direction, his word to give us living principles in a time and a season of confusion and conflict and stress. Rudeness has gone through the roof. Would you believe that? Rudeness is on the increase in the day and age we live in. Well, we come back that by the truth of God's word. God says, hey, I want to equip you with, with my word. I want you to allow you, yourself so that my Holy Spirit will come in your heart so that you are a peacemaker. That I use you in that home, on the job, in that community, in that church, uh, in that family. That you will be my pass-through. You will be my agent. That I will radiate my peace through you so that what peace will reign over conflict. Unity will reign over division. Uh, and, so we, and so let's jump right into this portion of scripture. James 3. Uh, let's read that. Uh, it says, who is wise and understanding among you. Look right on your, on your, on your handout. Let them show it by their good life, by good deeds, in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom doesn't come down from heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Help me out. Let's read together. Verse 16. For where you have what? Envy and selfish ambition. There you will find disorder and every evil practice. Verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from above is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Verse 18. Those who are what peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. Let's read verse 18 one more. Those who are what peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness and that is the key verse right there key verse right there right and God is saying hey I want I, I want to use my people you are my light you are my salt in this saltless world you are the conduit you are the bridge from heaven in which God wants to infuse in your home in your community in your workplace in your church in your wherever you are in, a, in traffic, going to the grocery store, getting gas in your car, whatever you're doing, sitting down, laying down, going out for a walk, in all your interactions with humankind, God says, I want you to be my peacemaker. 
that in and through you there will be peace and unity in this broken world and in turn I'm going to what bless you really 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 good and James is saying every day in our relationship we are planting seeds seeds of peace uh, it could be seeds of anger could be seeds of jealousy could be seeds of peace could be seeds of, of confidence could be seeds of insecurity could be seeds of jealousy could be seeds of pride but God is saying he said all those seeds whatever you sow you will inevitably reap it so I want you to sow seeds of peace so that you will reap what a harvest of goodness but if you sow any other seed, what? There will be all kinds of evil practice that will happen. Now, this same portion of scripture, this same theme that James is teaching also, Jesus taught that, right? So we know it came from the Holy Spirit. It came from the Spirit of Jesus himself. Because look at what Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, 9, right? You remember this portion of scripture? In the Beatitudes, Jesus said what? He says what? God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God, right? New International Version says what? Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall inherit the kingdom of God they will be called children of God it says their life will be set apart that people will look at them and says oh you know what you are God's child there's something different something special about your life God says I will set you apart that even though you live in this world you'll be identified with one that is not of this world kingdom glory kingdom blessing <laughs> amen kingdom breakthrough kingdom affection will surround your life if you allow yourself to be a peacemaker, God says, I will bless you. God will bless those who are peacemakers. For the outside world will look at you and says, look, you are not just your last name. You are not just the country you come from. You are not just your race, your gender, your background. Your gen your, 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 the trajectory of your life has changed. You are now a child of God. <laughs> something, something godly is happening in your life. Something amazing, something extraordinary, something heavenly is happening in your life. Now we have set you apart. Glory to God. Oh, Jesus. You will be identified as a child of God. You will be identified as one who bears, who bears the attributes of God, the blessing of God, the goodness of God. Oh, the marks of God will be evident in your life because what you are allowing yourself to be used by God as a peacemaker in a broken world so how can I plant seeds of peace well James tells us that we plant seeds of peace by living in wisdom and he, James breaks it down first he defines what real wisdom is then he differentiates the wisdom from this world from the, the wisdom from God and then he tells us how we can operate in wisdom so first he defines what real wisdom is so let's look at it he tells us that wisdom is a lifestyle wisdom is not something you say but something that you do so verse 13 right off the bat look at this it says look at this james 3 13 he says well, who is wise and understanding among you let them what show it by their good life their deeds done in humility that comes from from wisdom it says wisdom has nothing to do with your intelligence and everything to do with your relationships everything to do with your character James says if you say you are wise then prove it wisdom is a lifestyle it is seen it is demonstrated it is it, 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 it's 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 activated in our relations with people not a matter of words but works then he differentiates between earthly wisdom and godly wisdom 
And he takes verse 14 and 16 and he marks that for us. He says, look at what earthly wisdom is. In other words, here's what common sense, street smart will be. Just living by own emotion, living by just the way you are without hearkening to the word of God, without leaning on wisdom from heaven. He says, this is what your lifestyle will be, will, will, will embody. Read that with us, right? Look at verse 14 and 16. He says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom doesn't come from heaven. Heaven, but it is what earthly so this is what earthly wisdom is it but it's earthly unspiritual demonic for where you have envy and selfish ambition there you find disorder and every evil practice so he says the cause of 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 all kinds of conflict and infighting and injustice going on that's the heart of it is the wisdom from 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 this world bitterness envy right uh, selfish ambition, me, 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 me. I want to have my way. I want to get ahead of you. I want to be better than you. And what happened? I, 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 you know, I'm me and you are you and we are different. I don't like you. Why are you doing this? Why? You do? that, that, that's the heart of it. And it says it's on scripture. It says it's even demonic. It has been fueled by... By, by Satan, who is the author of confusion, who is the, 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 who is wicked, who is evil. He says it comes from him. And says there will be all kinds of disharmony and all kinds of evil that will come out from that. And so lack of godly wisdom causes all kinds of disorder and problems and chaos and confusion. This is what we see in our world. Happened in the first century and happens now until then. Nothing has changed. So how do we get rid of it? How do we get rid of that in our homes, in our relationships, on the job, in our churches, in our communities, everywhere we go? God's saying, practice godly wisdom. And it gives us six characteristics of a wise person. He says, hacking on to these, practice these. Forget about what's, what's going on in the world, what others are doing, what you have been taught, what you've seen, what your environment is feeding you, and embrace the wisdom from heaven. This is not common sense. You're not going to get it naturally by your own emotions because your emotions will cause you to be envious, to be jealous, to be, pride, to, to be prideful, to be angry, to have selfish, emotion, selfish ambition. But hone in, hone in on godly wisdom. And when you have that, it says that's what will make you a peacemaker, which will cause you to inherit a harvest of goodness from the Lord. Now, what are these six characteristics of wise people? Uh, let's read that. Look at verse 17 right on the screen in your sermon outline. It says, well, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, what? Pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. And, and uh, in part one, we looked at three of them. We looked at three of them. We said to live with wisdom and relate to others with others so that I can, I can reap a harvest of goodness. First of all, what? Wisdom, first of all, is pure. I must what? Not compromise my integrity. Instead, I must live with honesty. The message is right on, on the church's website, uh, favorlife.org. Go and listen to it. Secondly, it says wisdom is what? Peace-loving. In other words, I must not provoke your anger. Instead, I must work to what? To, to maintain harmony. Uh, number three, we looked at that. He says, wisdom is what? Is what? Considerate. In other words, I must not minimize your feelings. Instead, I must be what? Considerate. Wisdom that comes from heaven. First of all, pure is peace-loving. 
is considered. Now let's 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 continue. The fourth is this. The next is this. If I'm wise, read that with me. If I'm wise, I, I want what criticize your suggestions. Instead, I will seek to learn from them. Seek to learn from them. And James uh, uh, is, 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 is a wise person can learn from anybody, right? A wise person can learn from anybody. A wise person is not defensive. It says a wise person is open to reason. A wise person is not stubborn. A wise person is, is willing to listen and learn. And James teaches this. He says what? Wisdom is what? Submissive. Say that with me. Wisdom is what? Submissive. Wisdom is submissive. Now, the original word translated submissive, elpiates, is used only one time in the New Testament. And it doesn't really mean submissive. It means that what? Reasonable, help me out, willing to listen, willing to be open to ideas and suggestions. He says wisdom is reasonable. Wisdom from heaven, wisdom that comes from God, wisdom that enables you to be used by God as a peacemaker in a chaotic, in a conflict-wrecked world is what? Submissive. That was is reasonable. It's one that is willing to listen to others, is open to ideas and suggestions. The revised standard versions translates this word like this. It says what? Wisdom is what? Open to what? Reason. Oh, the living Bible or translate this word as this. It says wisdom is what allows discussion and is willing to yield to others. It's okay if somebody has a last word. It's okay every now and then. Even when you have a mistake to say, look, I'm sorry. To get back on track. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay to be in a state where for the sake of peace and unity, you find your way back to seeking what is most important. The priority in your life is that you have peace in your life. And to have peace in your life, you operate, you and I operate as a peacemaker, even when we are in the wrong. Even when it's 5%, 5%, 1%, 2%, 3% of us, of our own doing, where we are the corporate, and they did 99.999%, God is saying, uh, you know, be reasonable. Be in a space in your life where you are willing to listen, you are willing to be open to ideas and suggestions. You sit back and say, hey, here's something I could do differently to be able to bring what? Peace in this situation. Wisdom from above. It's easy to be entreated, easy to be convinced. It's not my way or the highway. It's not I want it my way and no other way. You, it, it's, it's, it's win or loss. No, it's not. Oh, God wants us to be reasonable people. He wants us to be reasonable people on the job, in our relationship, everywhere we go. He wants us to be reasonable. Yes, we're not perfect, but every now and then we catch ourselves to say, Am I being, am I acting? In reason. Am I working towards peace by allowing the Holy Spirit to use me as a peacemaker where I am willing to listen, I'm willing to be open to ideas and suggestions, and when the Spirit of God speaks to me, even against my own emotions, I can say, yes, Lord. Your way, not my way. Your will, not my will. The Bible says if you are wise, you'll be reasonable, you'll be open to suggestions. A wise person doesn't say, don't confuse me with the facts. I've already made up my mind. A wise person doesn't say, this is the way I've always done it, and so this is the way it's going to be from here on. A wise person doesn't say, it is my opinion, and if you want me, you better come ask me. 
A wise person looks for opportunity to be reasonable, to engage. Looks for reasons to bring others along on the journey so that unity and peace is being enhanced. A wise person is not annoying. He or she doesn't provoke one's anger. He or she doesn't minimize the feelings of others. A wise person doesn't criticize other people's suggestions. It's not defensive. It says, let's not be oversensitive. Oftentimes, that's what we are, right? I mean, I've got to raise both hands up. I mean, somebody looked at me in a certain kind of way, said something, they would, you know, and then I get mad, and I get ticked off. It's my pride. It is, it is, it is my dignity that I think is being hurt. And God is saying, don't be oversensitive. For peace to work out, sometimes you got to give up something of yourself so that you can get something from somebody so that together you can move along on the right path. Oh, I heard about a new pastor, a young guy who just came out of seminary, was hired to be a pastor of his very first church. He was preaching his first sermon. He was so nervous about it. And so in the sermon, he told the congregation, you know what? I want to be a better preacher. And so at the end of the service, if you can tell me what I didn't do right so that I can improve, I will be appreciated. So he finished the sermon and he walked right to the front door greeting people as they walked about. And one guy called Jim came back and says, Pastor, your sermon stunk. This is the most horrible sermon I've ever heard in my life. Well, that's not constructive criticisms, right? And so the, 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 the young pastor trying to be open about it says, Well, Brother Jim, what specifically stunk? What was specifically horrible in the sermon? The guy said, First of all, you read your notes from starting to finish. You didn't look at anybody. Second, you read it poorly. Thirdly, it wasn't even worth reading what you called a sermon. <laughs> now, obviously, this young pastor's feelings is hurt. You can tell his, his own face is just, oh, my goodness, I've blown it. And right after that, one of the members, they saw that he came around and says, oh, don't worry, pastor. Don't pay attention to Jim. Jim only repeats what he hears everybody else saying. <laughs> if we are wise, we'll be open to suggestions. And sometimes we may not like what we hear, but it, it may be some, some wisdom in that to be able to help ourselves correct so that we can become everything God wants us to be. And God is saying, don't be defensive. Now, the other book, it, 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 uh, the other wisdom book in the Bible is the book of Proverbs. So let's look at what Proverbs say, says on this topic. Look at Proverbs 12.15. Proverbs 12.15. See if you agree with that. He says what? A fool thinks he needs no advice. A wise person listens to others. Isn't that the truth? Well, how many times, you know, either in your own life or in the life of others, that if somebody just listened to somebody, somebody just heard what you have to say, if somebody just heard a different opinion from others, perhaps it would have saved them, or perhaps you and I, a lot of heartache and trouble. A fool thinks he needs no advice. The wise person, that's what listens to others. Oh, one day somebody criticized President Abraham, Clinton, uh, uh, President Abraham Lincoln for changing his mind. Criticized, you, you, you said this before, now you're changing your mind. And here's what he said. He said, I don't think much of a person who is not wiser today than they were yesterday. 
It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to reverse course. When you learn new truth, when you come to a place where this is something new that I didn't know before, but now I've grown up. He says, yes, that's okay. You want to criticize me from changing my mind? You want to criticize me from listening, from watching that the way I did things before wasn't right, but now I found a better way to do that? He says, guess what? A wiser person is somebody who, yes, they did it one way then in their marriage, in their relationship, in their, pa- in their parenting, on the job, in their, in their relationship with their spouse, with their kids, but now they found out it didn't work then, and so I'm not going to be burying down that road doing what it didn't work in the past. Oh, look at what Proverbs tells us. Look at the same portion of scripture we read, Proverbs 12, 15. Look at it in the, in the Good News translation. It says what? A stubborn fool considers his own way the right way but a person who listens to advice is what wise so the fact that you think it's right doesn't always make it right right <laughs> uh, i like it <laughs> i like the scripture in the, uh, in the good news translation it says what stupid people always think they are right but what wise people listen to what advice and, and James, in spite of all the spirit, comes and tells us what well, he says. Wisdom that comes from above is submissive. That 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 one every suggestion shouldn't be dismissed by us, but instead, what well, we we gotta learn from that. Even somebody who's criticizing you, there, there's there's something you can learn from that. It can either reinforce your opinions. It can either really reinforce your convictions. That this is the right way, this is the, and so, and so I'm going to go that route, that all of a sudden now you have found new wisdom, new strength to be able to defend the path that you're going, or it may expose you to something that otherwise you may not have seen. Where I come from, there's a product that says, the person who is what, cutting a path, you don't know what's behind you. You don't know how crooked your path is. Glory to Almighty God. If it's true, let's listen to it and learn from it. If it's false, what? Hear it. Right? Ignore it. Forget about it. But that all the while, reinforce what you believe. But oh, if there's reason to be able to garner wisdom from that, we should receive that. If I'm wise, I won't criticize your suggestions, but I will what? Listen to it. Oh, if we can only listen. We only learn to listen. How much we'll learn and get ahead in life. Amen. Oh, here's the next truth that James tells us. The wisdom from above. Number one, it says it's submissive. Number two, it says wisdom from above is full of mercy and good fruit. It says if I'm wise, I want what? Emphasize your mistakes. Instead, I will what? Show mercy. Show mercy. Look at how James puts it. Right? Look at I mean, verse 17e. He says wisdom is full of what? Mercy and good fruit. One more time. Wisdom is what? Full of what? Mercy and good fruit. Do you jump on people every time they make a mistake and they fumble at it? Are you always correcting people for what they said and shouldn't have said, what they should have done, haven't done, just right there and then even not giving them the chance to be able to think about it twice? It says wisdom is full of mercy. It says, wise people don't go about it, emphasizing the mistakes of people. Wise people learn to let issues go. <laughs> Amen? They learn to let people off the hook. Because guess what? 
People are not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. The longer you live with people, even the people we put on a high horse, even with people who think, oh, this person is so smart, this person is so wise, they are so old, guess what? The closer you get to them, the more you realize how human they are. How human they are. As part of my training, I had to go through studying the biographies of the who is who in the world. And the more you really look at, you realize that they are human beings. They are human beings. Full of frailty, full of weakness, problems, challenges, full of all kinds of struggles that they went through in their life. No one is perfect. And James says, wisdom that comes from above, wisdom that makes you a peace over, wisdom that God will use to sow seeds of peace and bring unity in the world, that you in turn, God will bless you with a harvest of goodness is full of mercy and good. Wise people don't keep hounding people with their past mistakes. They don't keep hold people in leverage. You don't say things like, oh, I remember when you did this. I mean, you bring a history of everything people have done in the past. When all they've done is they've done, yes, they've done a mistake right now, but no need to compound that with everything they've done all their life. James is saying it's not smart. Uh, I read of a story of two guys who went to a church convention. And they hadn't seen each other for a while. These were long friends while they were childhood. So boy, they reconnected each other. And they were sitting right there outside in the lobby all night just talking, reminiscing about, about just life growing up, what was happening. They were talking on and on and on and on. And they knew that as the night wore on, they would be in trouble with their wives when they went back to their rooms. And so the next day they saw each other and smiling at each other, they looked at each other and says, Hey Jim, hey John, what did your wife think? <laughs> and one guy said, I walked in the door and my wife got historical. And John, John said, Oh, you mean hysterical? He says, No, 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 no. She told me everything I've ever done wrong. Historical. I mean, just open the history books. Open the history. What, what I did, I shouldn't have done. What I didn't do, I shouldn't have done. Going back from every single time that we had gone together. And James comes and says, to be a peacemaker, we've got to live a life of mercy. Treat people with what they need, not what they deserve. People need grace. People need mercy. People need to be cut slack in life. Look at what the companion book of, of uh, wisdom tells us in the book of Proverbs on this note. Proverbs 17, 19. Proverbs 17, 19. Read that with me. It says what? Love forgets mistakes. Nagging about them parts even the best of friends. Do you believe that? If you're close to somebody and every time you get together with them, they're they, they reminding you of your mistakes, your problems, your challenges, what happened to your family, what happened to your kids, what happened to your spouse, what happened to your church. Every time they, you get together with them, it's all about nagging, 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 nagging. What's going to happen? It says, nagging about them will even part the best of friends. The best of friends 
Could be you and your children. Could be you and your spouse. Could be you and your grandchildren. Could be you and your co-workers, your friends, your, your family members, your church members. What? It says, you want friends, it says what? Dwelling on problems, weaknesses, the faults, the mistakes on others. Yes, God is saying, yes, these are mistakes. Mistakes they did. They were wrong. They blew it. Now, we learn this as parents, right? I mean, as kids, growing up with us, right? We know all their problems. We know all their weaknesses. We know all their flaws. We know every single thing, what they said they should have done, so forth. And if we keep really hitting our kids every time, everything they did since they were babies, all the way. They are now adults. They've married. And we keep running. When you were a kid, you did it. When you were a kid, you did it. It will part. It will part. It will part. It will bring division, even with the best of fun. So God says that the wisdom from above is full of mercy. That if we are wise, we'll not rob it in, we'll not rob problems in, we'll not rob challenges in, but we'll rob it out. If we are wise, we'll not hold it over the heads of people. If we are wise, we will learn to forget about the mistakes of others. If we are wise, when someone stumbles, we, don't, we won't judge them, but we will encourage it. Do you know why? Because God gives every single one of us a meter in our heart and in our mind. The problem may be gone, but we have something called conscience. Conscience. Amen. And most people are already feeling bad about it. You see, if I don't tell them, who's going to tell them? <laughs> There's something called a conscience, right? And everything we've done in the past, right, guess what? It comes back. It's called guilty conscience. God never made you and I the cop of the world. God never made you and I the judge of others. God gave others, every single one of us, including myself, a conscience. And how many times do things that we've done, sometimes as a little boy, a little girl, every now and then, it pops up in our mind. We've got a guilty conscience. And there are people today who are beating themselves up. They are beating, they are self-crucifying themselves. Something happened in that marriage and they're telling themselves because of what happened, I'm going to leave that marriage. I'm going to quit that job. I'm not going there anymore. I'm not going to talk to them anymore. They are self-condemning themselves. I won't go back to that job anymore. They are filled with guilt. They are filled with pain in their heart. And that's coming in to add on to that. Robbing it in, robbing it in, robbing it in, robbing it in. Doesn't give God the opportunity to say, yes, you blew it, but that's not the end of things. A failure is not the end of things. You are not a failure. You are not a failure. Glory to Almighty God. You may have made a mistake in your life, but that's not the end of things. You can still come back. And God saying, he says, by showing mercy to people, we become the hand, the voice, the face of God for people who are self-condemning themselves. People who are ready to give up in life. People who are ready to quit their marriage. Quit that job. Quit going to that church. He says, favor life church. I won't go there anymore. I won't go there anymore. And when we come and we rub it in, we rub, I won't talk to my husband. I won't talk to that kid anymore. And we come in and we remind them of everything they did wrong. We are giving the devil and ammunition to keep pinning them down to remove every energy that they have to come back from where they are fallen wisdom from above glory to almighty god is full of mercy full of mercy and the wise thing that god wants us to do is to give people what they need, they need mercy, they need encouragement, they need a fighting chance to come back from failure. People have been speaking negativity into their life. Glory, and God wants us to be that voice of saying, it's okay, yes, you made a mistake, but who, who is perfect? Get up, get up. 
You go to a job and somebody made a mistake and you see that they feel bad about that horrible. He says, don't, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Keep, keep going, keep going, keep going. Someday you'll be better. Practice makes perfect. No one, no one, no one strikes 10 at all times. No one is perfect every single day, every single moment of your life. Yes, you blew it, but that's okay. That's okay. Try, try better next time. Glory to Almighty God. Wisdom is full of mercy and good fruit. You see the word good fruit? <laughs> good fruit means kind actions. It says when somebody has done something bad, don't add to it by also what? Doing something bad. Nagging them. Pulling them down. Throwing salt into wound pouring kerosene over raging fire they blew it but it says wisdom from God is what is what glory to almighty God good fruit the good fruit is the kind actions something you do showing sympathy showing empathy oh my goodness I have blown it so many times in my life I have blown it so many times in my life, and sometimes what others did, I have done worse than that. I have done far worse than glory to Almighty God. I can look at them and say, show them empathy, show them sympathy, show them kindness, wisdom from above. Oh, yes, it's full of mercy and good fruit. There may be a situation in your life where you said, Look, you know what? I, I made a lot of mistakes in my life, but God. Or turn it around and just decide to do better next time. Just pick up from where you've fallen and move forward in that marriage. Move forward on that job. Move forward in that parenting. Don't give up on yourself. The devil wants you to quit. The devil wants you to give up. The devil wants you. Glory to Almighty God. But show them good fruit. Glory to Almighty God. That's the wisdom from above. Wisdom from above. God is saying, when you do that, I have a special blessing for you. God blesses those who are peacemakers. Those who sow seeds of peace. God says there will be a harvest of good fruit that will come from them. Look at what James tells us, inspired by the Holy Spirit. When we are showing mercy to others, amazing portion of scripture. <laughs> James 2.13, read that with me. He says what? There will be no mercy for those who have been shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Hello, you are paying it forward, all right? You're not just doing it for them. <laughs> it's an insurance policy. <laughs> Can somebody say amen to that? <laughs> How many of you need God's mercy? They blew it all. Everyone's saying mean things about them. Nobody wants to talk to them. Nobody wants to invite them. Everybody wants to curse them and say, I can't believe you did this. I can't believe how you did this. And you call them and you sit down with them. He says, look what, what you did was wrong. But this is not the end of life. Worse things have happened. You and I have grown old enough to realize that people do worse things. The heart of humankind is wicked. Bad things happen by human beings. Mothers do bad things. Fathers do bad things. Husbands do bad things. Wives do bad things. Pastors do bad things. The worst things happen in life. As human beings, we are capable of doing terrible, wicked things. 
So what somebody has done, someone could have done worse than that. We don't pacify that. We don't encourage that. But we don't beat them down. We show mercy. And God has said, I want you to show mercy. I want you to show mercy. And I got a special blessing for you. If you are merciful, I will be merciful to you. Glory to Almighty God. I want God to be merciful to me. And it was God will give me what I need. I need mercy. I need compassion. I need grace. I need sympathy from God. I don't need God to treat me with what I deserve. Because what I deserve, what I deserve is to reap what I've sown. And always I'm not sowing good seeds. God is saying, when you do it for others, you can get it back. You get it back. <laughs> Look at what Galatians tells us on this note. I love this portion of scripture. The Apostle Paul also speaks. About wisdom being full of mercy and good fruit. Look at James, you look, look at Galatians 6 1. Help me out, dear brothers and sisters. Yeah. If another believer is overcome by some sin, or should we cut them off? Should we call them and just say, You are done with? Yes, be mad for a day or two, but don't keep it, don't hold it over their neck like an arbitrage. Don't crucify them with their sin. A believer has been overcome by a sin. It means they've done a heinous crime. They have committed something bad to their family. They have committed something bad in the community, on the job. They've done something horrible, unspeakable, something disgraceful. A believer, a child of God, has been overcome by a sin. They're wrong, oh. They're what? They're wrong, oh. What should we do? You who are godly should what? Gently and humbly help that person back into the right path. Don't push them off the ledge. Don't push them from frying pan to fire. Because the words sometimes of us can be hurtful. That's why when you come to Favor Life Church, I'm try, try, I try, I try not to be condemning. Because the devil is beating us up all the time. When you come here, you want to hear an encouraging word to lift you up so that you can go back into the workplace. You can go back into an evil world. Glory to Almighty God. We who are godly should gently and humbly. They are wrong. But God says be gentle. I'm already working in their life. Their conscience is building them up. They have no peace in their life. Oh, They are not sleeping well at night. That behavior, that sin that has overcome them, is, they, they, they are finding no joy. They are finding no joy. They are in prison of their own sin. And so don't push them. Don't push them further away from God. Oh, oh God, show them mercy. Show them gentleness. Show them humility. Glory to Almighty God. And guide them back gently into the right path. Into my loving open arms. Is the Lord speaking to somebody today. Glory to Almighty God. The world will not teach you this. The world will say, fight fire with fire. Somebody curse you, curse them. Somebody won't talk to you, don't talk to them. Somebody say, they won't come to your house anymore, don't go to your house anymore. But God is saying, hey, the next time you see them on the street, he says, how are you doing? How come you don't come to my house anymore? How come you, how come you don't talk to me anymore? What's going on? Smile, 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 smile. Uh, diffuse that, diffuse tension. Amen, amen, amen. Don't fight fire with fire. Don't fight hatred with hatred. Don't fight evil with evil. Fight evil with kindness. Fight evil, glory to Almighty God, the Bible says. Oh, yes, with mercy. Look, oh, look at Romans 5.1. Amen. Read that with me. He says, we who. Amen. Are you there? 
Help me out here. We who are what? Strong or what? Bear with what? The failings of the weak and not to please others. You see why James tells us wisdom is not of this earth. Wisdom is from heaven. Because this earth will not tell you this. Bear with the, with the failings of the weak. No, if they are weak, you kick them off. If they are weak, you condemn them. If they do something wrong, you just basically nail them. Nail them, nail them, nail them. You call them names. You paint them. Let them wear their shame. Their shame until they die. Even when they die, talk about all the wicked things they did. Wisdom from above says, no, 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 no. Bear with the feelings of the weak. And oh, yes, don't do that to please yourself. Don't do this so that they, when you feel like you are putting somebody down, you are putting yourself up. Sometimes that's what people do. They put people down so that they can feel that they are high. They talk evil about people to make, to make themselves feel good. I will never do what they did. And they think that by doing that, they are peacing their conscience. And God is saying we shouldn't be doing this. James says we should live in wisdom. And when we relate wisely with people, we will reap a harvest of goodness. Number one, if I'm wise... I will not compromise my integrity. Instead, I will live honestly. Number two, if I'm wise, I won't provoke your anger. Instead, I will work to maintain harmony. If I'm wise, James teaching says, I will not minimize your feelings. Instead, I will be considerate. And today, we've been looking at it. It says, if I'm wise, I will not criticize your suggestions. Instead, I will seek to learn from them. If I wise, I won't emphasize. I won't emphasize your mistake. I won't keep beating down on the wrongs that you've done. Instead, I will show you mercy. Let me give you a last one and we'll pray. James says, the wisdom from above is pure, is peace, love, and considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. Next, it says, wisdom from above is what? Impartial and sincere. In other words, if I'm wise, I will not despise our differences. I will be what? Accepting. One more time. I will not what? Despise our differences. Instead, I will be accepted. The mark of a wise person, James tells us, is they don't try to hide and disguise their own weaknesses. <laughs> None of us are perfect. For a reason why. So God wants us to be accepting of others who are also not perfect look at what the bible tells us james 3:17 f wisdom is what free from prejudice and hypocrisy one more time wisdom is what free from prejudice and hypocrisy you see the more you are talking bad about somebody guess what guess what you are exposing your own self too because you are not perfect i'm not perfect i have skeletons in the closet there are things in my family that is not pretty things in my life that is not pretty right and so guess what god says don't be pre don't prejudge people don't be a hypocrite don't be a hypocrite i come from the says in in every home there's a mensa i don't know why they use the name mensa. <laughs> In every family, there's what the black sheep. There's a black cat, right? I don't know why they use the color black, but it's an it's a it's a metaphor to say something is off in every life, every home, every job, every situation, every church, every community, every family, every city, every town, everybody. And so the wisdom that comes, you don't prejudge people, oh, and we don't live in hypocrisy as though we are perfect. Now, the two words there that are interpreted prejudice and he, I'm, I'm a hypocrisy, 
which is also impartial and sincere, the, the, the two words sound similar. They are two Greek words. Adiakritos and anipokritos. It means that there is no hidden prejudice and there is no hypocrisy. <laughs> yes, here's the root of that word. You see, in Greek theater, thousands of years ago, in the environment in which James wrote the scripture, one actor will oftentimes play many parts in a theater. So one actor will come on the stage and they'll wear a mask and they'll play one particular character. They'll go backstage, change, wear a mask, come and play another character, right? Go back on stage, change, put on another mask and play another character. So one person could play five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten characters. And you'll be sitting one hour. They come with different masks, different voices, different images. It's the same person. It's the same person. But they are pretending. And that's where that word comes from. The two words, two words, adiacritos and uh, anipocritos, the, the root word is hypocritos. Does it sound familiar to the word hypocrite? Hypocritos is where we get the English word hypocrite. And James is part of our Lord's Spirit says, wisdom that comes from God is free of prejudice and it's not a hypocrite. He doesn't wear different mask. <laughs> it means that we don't despise our differences. We don't abhor our differences. But we celebrate them. Just because somebody is different from us doesn't make them bad. They wear their hair different. They could have all kinds of tattoos on their skin and we don't like wearing tattoos. That doesn't make them horrible than we are. They got rings all over their face. They got marks all over them. They may wear clothes that we will never wear. We will never, they, nobody will, even if they give us a billion dollars, we won't even wear those clothes, but they're wearing them. Wisdom that comes from God is free of prejudice and is not a hypocrite. Just because <laughs> They're different. Wise people see God's wisdom in the different ways in which we, oh my Lord, come across. Now, don't we all think differently, right? I, I, mean, you, I mean, if we're parents, you realize that none of your kids are the same. Truly, none of them. None, they, were, they were born in the same household. You gave birth to them, right, moms, right? But none of them are the same. You look at their lives, even from a very young age, you could tell. From a very young age, one week old, one month old, three months old, they are entirely different. We are different people. We look different. We talk different. We think different. We have different values, different priorities. If you give somebody $1,000, they will spend that $1,000 differently. They will have different goals and priorities over that money no two people are the same and we have different skills and abilities we don't all like to do the same thing you say if you are my friend you like everything I do no God is saying the first mark 
important mark in being a peacemaker is not to be a hypocrite. That you have it all together and everything is right in your life and your family and all your relationships. And so therefore you can tolerate the differences of people. A mark of working for unity is to be free of prejudice. Guess what? If we acted like this, all these shootings that I talked about, do you think it will come down? All this envy and pride and selfishness, do you think it will come down? All the tension in our homes, in our families, on the job, in our communities. Do you think if we practice these things, the wisdom that comes from God, the wisdom that comes from God is not prejudice. Prejudice against somebody's age, race, skin color, background, accent, size. Wisdom from above is not prejudice. Hello. And when we are we are prejudiced, God say you are a hypocrite because your life is not perfect, my life is not perfect, and you are judging somebody. You are judging somebody? Really? <laughs> Being a prejudice also is what? Being a hypocrite. <laughs> you are putting on Maxis. Trying to act like or somebody who is really not. And, and James, in spite of what I was saying, it says, it says what? That if you are smart and wise, you're not going to be funny. You won't wear masks. You won't try to be somebody you are not. Which is a foolish thing to do anyway because what? People really know who they are. I can't fool my wife. She knows who I am. All right. I may be able to fool somebody, but I can't fool. You can't fool people who know who you are because they know we are not perfect. Right? For those of you who have been around me for a while, you kind of know who I am, right? I, I can't pull a rug over your face. <laughs> but real people are honest. Real people are open. Real people know that they are broken people. We have real sins. Wise people know that we have real faults. Wise people know that we have real emotional problems. Wise people know that we have real family problems. We have real financial problems. We are real and authentic. Wise people know that, that we are real. It is real. We are broken people. It's only by the grace of God that day to day, oh, everything we have comes from God's grace. But that doesn't make us perfect. So it's in that lens that we look at it. And we don't despise the differences that we have between people. But we are accepting of people. Hello? We are what? Accepting of people. The reason somebody went to a black community and shot black people at a grocery store because they weren't accepting of black people. The reason somebody went to a Mexican community and shot Mexican kids in elementary school is because they were not accepting of people from another race. Or the reason perhaps you have been at the ugly end of racism, of prejudice, is because somebody didn't like your skin color or your race or your gender. Or your age. But God is saying, I want you to be a peacemaker. And when you look at people, don't look at them. Amen. With prejudice. Prejudge them based on something external. Wisdom from above. Wisdom from above. It's free of prejudice and hypocrisy. So I come before and I ask God to heal my prejudice, heal my, heal my hypocrisy. And give me a heart of empathy, give me a heart of acceptance, give me a heart of understanding. They crucified Jesus with two robbers that they thought were worthy of a capital 
punishment on the cross when the when the thief said remember me in heaven Jesus said, I know they hated you I know they are killing you right now but I'm not condemning you I'm not condemning you today you'll be with me in paradise they brought a woman who was who caught in an act of fornication. They caught the woman, so they were watching the woman in fornication. They didn't tell her to stop what she was doing, and she went on and did that. They, they were ready to stone her to the Jesus said, woman, I condemn you not. And Jesus said, be like me. So much prejudice, condemnation, name calling, putting people down. And I'm guilty of that also. And God is saying, this week, this week, let's wear wisdom, godly wisdom. And understand every single person, however they look at, they are God's creation. God's creation. If you were God, you would not have created them. But look at all the animals and plants that God has created. Some of them you don't like. Some foods you don't even like. Some plants you don't even like. Some hills, some stones, something about God's creation you may not like, but God had a good purpose for them. God has a good purpose. God had a good purpose for every single living creature that he created. He says, I want you, my children, to be accepting. To be accepting. So in closing, how do we rate our wisdom meter, our wisdom barometer? James is saying, hey, <laughs> if I'm wise, I'll be honest. Wisdom from above is pure. If I'm wise, I won't do things to push your heart buttons and make you angry. I will work on maintaining harmony. Oh, that's something we all need to work on. James is saying, if I'm wise, I will not minimize your feelings. Feelings are neither right nor wrong. Instead, I will be considerate. Doesn't mean I should accept it, but considerate. If if I'm wise, I won't criticize every suggestion that comes my way. Instead, I'll seek to learn from the, even the wrong ones. A broken clock is even right twice in a day. If I'm wise, I won't emphasize your mistakes. I won't rub it in. I won't hold it over your leg. Heard. Instead, I will show what? Mercy. Mercy triumphs judgment. Last but not the least, wisdom is free from prejudice and hypocrisy. If I'm wise, I will not despise our differences. We are all different. Instead, I will be accepted. I will be accepted. Oh, my good friends, wisdom comes from above. Where do we get wisdom from? Not from this world. Not from common sense, not from our neighbors, not from our background, not from the horse of a kid. You, you don't learn wisdom from school, you get it from who? God. And so this weekend for the rest of your life, would you, when you come to a time of prayer, ask God to give you wisdom. And the more wiser you are, the more blessed you'll be because God says that the wisdom from above, and he names all these seven characteristics, it says what? It will cause God to be able to give us what? A harvest of goodness. Because he can use us to be peacemakers in a cruel, wicked world. God blesses those who are peacemakers. Oh, Father, right here in this place. And others who will listen to this message at another time. I, we pray right now that you will begin to touch hearts and minds. You begin to soften. Lord God Almighty, every heart that has been calloused, every mind. Oh, Jesus, that has been hardened by adversity, by challenge. 
by selfishness, by pride, by wickedness. Oh, I pray, oh God, that you heal every wounded heart right now. You begin to seep these wisdom characteristics in the heart of people. Wisdom that comes from you is first pure. Give us a heart of integrity, rightness, a sense of honor to do what's right, even when we are being challenged. Wisdom that comes from you is peace-loving. Today, God, make us peacemakers. Oh, touch our hearts, Lord God Almighty, and give us the attitude, the attitude, Lord God Almighty, oh, to stand in the government to be bridge-makers. Father, right now, Lord God Almighty, say the wisdom that comes from you is considerate. Help us to show consideration, acceptance, empathy, engagement in all our relationship. Give us a heart of submission to one another. Give us an attitude of mercy and compassion. Take away every judgmental attitude from us. Oh, give us the spirit of encouragement. Make us encourage us in our families, on the job, in our communities, Lord God. Give us the tongue of the wise. To speak encouragement now and for the rest of our lives. Father, in a world of prejudice, in a world of discrimination, in a world of hatred, Father Lord God Almighty Jesus, give us the heart, oh God, oh yes, to treat people with mercy, wisdom that comes from you is impartial and sincere. Help us, Lord God Almighty, to celebrate differences amongst people. Help us to be inviting, accepting people of other races, other genders, people don't, who don't look as at us, talk like us, act like us, Lord God Almighty. Oh, Father, give us, oh, a special an eye towards bringing the weak, those who are fallen, those who are hurting, those who have been abused, Lord God Almighty. Give us open arms, open arms to embrace the needy, Lord God Almighty to show grace wherever we go you say if we don't show mercy to others oh God you won't show mercy to others but when we show mercy you say on the day of judgment you show mercy to us we receive your blessing for wisdom each and every one of us we thank you Lord God Almighty now I ask that that harvest of goodness you say it is the goodness of God that leads people unto you and so as your people have come to visit with you today send blessing their way send breakthrough their way send goodness their way send your compassion their way open closed doors for them break every chain cancel debts lord god almighty oh erase hardships every path of destruction their way turn it around for good lord god almighty bless your people mighty good on this lord's day oh god almighty lift them higher than they've ever been take them jesus into higher ground he said when we wait upon you you will cause us to soar let there be soaring in the lives of your people in the name of jesus from grace Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. And bless your people, mighty God. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Oh, my brother, my sister, if you've not received Christ as your Savior, why, why do you want to wait? Let today be the day of salvation for you. Look at this amazing portion of Scripture in Colossians verse 2 and 3. It says, They will know God's secret, which is Christ himself. Christ is the key that opens all the hidden treasures of God's wisdom and knowledge. You want to be a wise person? Accept Christ. Christ is the key that opens all the hidden treasures of God's wisdom. Amen. Oh, wherever you are right now he died for you he shed his blood he's already done all the heart lifting 
And all you have to do is accept his gift of salvation. For as many as believed and received in him, the Bible said he gave them their authority to become children of God. Will you receive this gift of salvation and access this authority to live life in freedom, in liberty? Uh, receive God's pardon and forgiveness and a paradise waiting for you in heaven when you leave this world. Let me pray a short prayer with you. A prayer, a word doesn't mean anything, but add your faith to it, and today you'll be a child of God. Pray with me. Jesus, you are the key to all the hidden treasures of God's wisdom and knowledge. I want you, Jesus, in my life. And so today, I sincerely receive your gift of salvation. Thank you for dying to pay the price for my sins. Thank you for setting me free. Today, let your blood forgive all my sins and make me one of yours. Thank you for saving me. And now, Jesus, come in my heart. Help me to love you, trust you, and obey you. From here on, open my ears and my heart to hear your voice. And give me the will to obey you so that my life will, will bear forth wisdom from above. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen.